awesome, awesome, awesome this morning. It's so good to see everybody. Uh, just want to say how grateful I am for amazing worship and uh, how much it prepares us every day. And I want to say this. Thank you so much for choosing to be here today on the coldest day I think we've ever had at Four Points because it's crazy outside. So I had someone say this morning, like, people up north go to worship in this weather every week. And I'm like, we're not in the north. Someone say amen. All right, good, good. So like, it, that's not the same thing. So they don't have air conditioners up there. So we don't, it's not the same thing. All right, I want you this morning to do one thing for me before we get started. And I just want you to find someone. If you don't have to get up, that's cool. Some of you may. Find one person that you don't know or that you've not talked to and go say hi to them right now. Go. Stand up. It'll warm us up. It's going to be good. Stand up if you need to. Find one person that you haven't talked to and go greet them right now. And I want you to tell them, I want you to tell one person while you're talking to them that God is going to greatly use you. God's going to greatly use you. Tell somebody that. And then tell the next person that you talk to, God's going to use you too, just not as much as them because I chose them first. All right. This morning, one more shout out to the guys working in the parking lot. And if it was any ladies, that's awesome this morning. So shout out to those guys. Thank you. All right. I need you to talk to me this morning, so I'm going to ask you to respond some of the time. When I say, say this after I do, I don't want you to just look at me, please. Don't do this. So if I say, do it, I want you to say, okay. If I say, do it, I want you to say, okay. So we're going to say that later. So that's good. Y'all are already on it. All right. So if you missed last week, please go back and watch it, okay, because it's very important that you understand it, what we're talking about. But being a transformer starts in Romans 12. Verses 1 and 2, and it's by the renewing of our minds through our souls that controls us and through our bodies. We offer God, all of us, a sacrifice to him. And we're not conformers to the world, but we're transformers. Through all those things, we're transformers. Like We choose in our minds to give him ourselves and say, I'm all of you. We choose to receive the light and we choose to be the light. And this week, we're going to look at the different types of of transformers, the different kinds, the, how, how God uses all different kinds of people. But I want to start with a story that's kind of different. One of my favorite stories in all of Scripture is found in 2 Kings chapter 3. So you got this guy named Elisha, who is the prophet of God. He was called the, Elijah was called the greatest, greatest prophet. He was called even greater than him. And I, I think this guy is awesome because apparently he was bald. And in chapter 2, when two kids, he's walking outside of Jericho, two kids start making fun of him. And he's like, okay, I'll show you. And he gets bears to attack them, and they eat them, right? So here's what we learned from that. Don't make fun of bald people, right? So any of you guys that are bald, I got nothing but love for you, okay? Straight up, I love you. I don't want bears, okay? And shoo, you hear that, bears. All right, so, so we don't want that. That's bad news. And then in chapter 3, it starts with this. Three kings in Israel, okay? There's a, there's a, a king of Edom, a king of Israel, and a king of Judah, who is Jehoshaphat. It's awesome. So, so these three kings are meeting together, but they're like, the kingdom is separated, okay? They, they call for the prophet of God. Really, the only one following God is Elisha, he's, or, or excuse me, Judah with Elisha. And he says, I'm going to listen to you because of him, because of Judah. But this is dumb. And, and he calls them to do something when he brings the prophet together that's crazy because the Moabites are about to attack and they got way more weapons and they got way more money and it's about to get ugly. And he's like, we've got to call on God. And all of them come together and say, we've got to call on God. We've got to do something. And this is what he says. Here's what you need to do. In this barren land, 
where it hasn't rained or dewed, like the story in 1 Kings chapter 17, 18, 19, that same thing had taken place, where it hasn't rained, where nothing's happened. I want you to dig ditches. Dig ditches in this open field. Dig ditches in this place and make it ready for the water to come. And so what do the people do? They start digging. They do it. And here's what happens in the story. And it's awesome. I love it. You don't need to go read it today. 2 Kings chapter 3. Here's what happens. God brings the water from Edom, fills up this place. It looks like pools. When, when the Moabites come in the morning, they believe that the kings have fought against each other because it looks, because of the reflection of the morning sun, looks like blood. And they're like, sweet, we won the war already. We'll just go pillage the place. We'll take everything from them. And actually what happens is they put their weapons down. They go to, to take all the stuff from the place. And God gives the three kings a great victory that day. Here's the deal. This is what I want you to think. It's not about the pool or the blood. It's about the ditch diggers that made the difference. And oftentimes in our lives when we're digging ditches, when we're not making a difference, when we feel like our job really isn't important, our role, what we're trying to do really isn't important, we just stand there and we're like, this feels like worthless. What am I doing? I'm just digging a ditch. This is dumb. And don't you, can't you imagine in your minds 3,000 years ago, people where it hadn't rained in years, you're like, bro, for real? You want me to dig a ditch? Like you want me to do this job that's so dumb and pointless, seems crazy. And here's kind of how I feel this morning. There's a lot of us feel that way with church. A lot of us feel that way with God. Like we look at people we see on TV that are greatly used by God, or we look at missionaries in other countries, or we look at whatever and we say, yeah, that person is greatly used by God. But my job, my role, my, my process, it's not that important. It's not a big deal. And we downplay certain things and we, we elevate to too much certain things. Like the pastor, right? pastor's important. He's the one that preaches. But God didn't say I was more important. Men have said that. Women have said that. But God never said that. As a matter of fact, there's all different types of roles. And what we're going to look at today, there's no more important or no less important. We all do our part. But there's, I want you to see something in Transformers. And I think this is fascinating. This is a Transformer. It's a small one. There's massive, big polyphase Transformers that are really big. And they all have different roles. Now, last week we talked about how to be a transformer. This week, you are a transformer, right? Like we've given our lives to Jesus. And this is for any Christian in here. If you're not a Christian, hang in with me. But this, for all Christians in here, this is you. We've given our hearts, our lives to Jesus. We've surrendered to him. We're becoming more like him. But I would rather be that, right? Let me just show you how this works. Polyphase or three-phase. Some of y'all have heard this before. Some of you haven't. But these are the big honking transformers. Like the average polyphase transformer weighs over 400 pounds, so I'm not going to pick it up. I need a little, a lot of help. Like, and, and they power big things. Like if you have a three-phase panel at your house, it, you are really doing a lot of stuff. You either are a welder or in this building there used to be a three-phase that we use, and it's still in here. We just kind of dumbed it down and have less power going through. But like if you have a welder, that's very important because you need that much ampage. You need that much arc to go through. And it uses three windings and it's high voltage high all the time. Now, how is that for us? Like who is a three-phase? Who is the high voltage people? I think the Apostle Paul is a great example. The guy that we're reading in today would be a three-phase. He was the guy that was the voice. He was the guy that in, in Caesarea, he stood up in front of the king and said, listen to my call and why I'm doing this. And in front of Caesar who was called King Agrippa at the time, the, the grandson of, of Herod the Great, he stood up and in front of him, he said, listen, listen, this is my call. And he took the gospel from Jerusalem all the way to France. And everybody's knew his name. And today we celebrate him because he wrote half the New Testament. And he was a three-phase 
transformer. He was the big polyface. He was important. And people knew who he was, but was he more important? Well, here's why he wasn't. You got like the grounding transformer. Guess what the ground, this is when you can talk. Guess what the grounding transformer does? What does it do? Grounds. Y'all know this is good, right? And if it's not grounded, it explodes. And then this word, by the way, I just like, I tried all week to find a word better than leakage because the only thing I can think with leakage is leakage. You know, like we, <laughs> maybe some of y'all don't get it, but like bodily fluids, y'all, maybe y'all are with me now, right? So, because I was like, oh, it's weird. Like, let's do something else. And it just, it's just this. But this is the point of the leakage transformer. It's to step down, but ultimately it's this. It's to be with the poly transformer and to pull, especially in big welding jobs and in big things like that. It takes some of the ampage and it, its windings are not as tight. It's looser. Some of y'all are wound really tight. And some people aren't wound as tight and they work really well together. And in this case, it causes the transformers not to explode. That's really good. Matter of fact, some of y'all, when this winter storm, they name them now, so weird. When this winter storm comes tomorrow, we're going to wish a leakage transformer was close by, right? Because our neighborhood's going to go, and we're going to be like, say words or whatever, think words, and, and wish that the power was there because transformers need to work together. And these can work with one face, two face, or three face, and they work in partnership, and each other needs each other because they work together. Three windings, two windings, one winding, grounding them, stepping them down, stepping them up, being able to pull tons of power and shoot tons of power, tons of power and lose some so that it can partner with this one so they don't explode. And working together, they accomplish the goal of powering up a community, a business, a place like big things. BMW has different kinds of transformers. It's a big place. They don't just have one. They have several. And here's the deal. For us, the body of Christ, his church, that's you. That's me. But here's the deal. Most of us say, yeah, but if I'm not this, I'm not really important. Like what? That's a weird word. It's meant to step down. And why is that good? Why is it good to be a ground, someone that ground, like, I don't want to be an auto. I want to be the big important one. Here's the deal. Were it not for Barnabas in the Bible, and if you're not familiar with Acts, go read it. But if, if it weren't for him, there never would have been a Paul. When we get to heaven someday, we're going to look and say, these heroes of the faith that we've put on Mount Rushmore of the Christians, I'm kind of surprised who ended up there. They're not all the names, the faces. They're not all the people that we know. A lot of these other transformers were on the list and not the ones that I expected to be there. That's crazy. And it was sometimes people that just grabbed the shovel and dug the ditch. And it was sometimes people that just gave a word of encouragement. And it was sometimes people that changed diapers and stood outside and waved a baton when it was below 10 windshield and single digits when you got here. And it was sometimes people that you never even knew their name. And here's what's crazy about Paul. This is what I find so fascinating. Is this like he knew that we were going to do a sermon series on power and transforming back in the day and set it up so we could just fit this and make it work with his awesome scripture that the Holy Spirit inspired. And so last week, verses 1 and 2, offer your body a living sacrifice, don't conform, but be transformed. And this week... Here's the type of transformers that we have, starting in verse 3. Watch this. This is amazing. For by grace, this is very important, for by the grace given to me, the amount of, of blessing, the amount of anointing, the amount of, of, of grace that God has poured out on me, I say to everyone among you, don't think of yourself more highly than you should. His exact words, do not think of, your, of himself more highly than he ought to think. 
Like, you think of yourself how God thinks of you and think of everybody else how God thinks of them. Don't think of yourself more highly than you should, but think with a sober, excuse me, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, this is, this is huge. Here's where we start wrong. We look at each other. I do this. I look at people, some that I went to college with that are, that are very successful in the size of their ministry or what they've accomplished or how many books they've written or whatever they've done. In, in, in my line of work, we talk that way. That, like, we talk to people and we're like, how many did you have this past Sunday? And we start measuring stuff in that, in that regard and we start looking and saying, well, I must not be as good. Right? That's not what this says. This says, according to the measure of faith that God has assigned to you, my job is to be obedient to my calling, not to keep up with the Joneses. But it's really hard to do because it's unnatural. All of you have been called. Every single person in this room that says that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've been called. End of story, period. There's no arguing. You've been called. And you've been given a measure of faith. And you've been given the amount that you can do. And now, listen, this is what's cool. This week in the one-year Bible, Matthew chapter 25, God gives certain things like talents, the parable of talents. And when they were trustworthy with their talents, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you were trustworthy with two, I'm going to give you more. Because you were trustworthy with five, I'm going to give you 10. I can trust you because you were faithful with a little. Oftentimes, the reason that we don't get more is because we're so busy looking at everybody else, we don't realize the calling that God has on our life is amazing today. And in five years, if it's the same or less than it was today, it's because we weren't faithful with what we had today because we were so busy trying to be someone that we're not. And he's like, listen, stop. You have been called because you're amazing. And God made you just like he wanted to and stop trying to be what you're not and be who God called you to be. Gracious day, that's good. All right. I just drooled on myself. It's so good. All right, verse 4. This is where it gets really good. For as in one body, we have many members. Just look around. That's, that's what we're talking about right here. The body of Christ is not just four points, but this is a body of Christ. The body of Christ is every follower of Jesus on this planet. The reason when I pass churches on the way here and I pray for them is because they're not competition. You know what I mean? They're not competition. Did you know in Greenville, Spartanburg, and Anderson, there's over, in our little counties right together, there's over a million, let me say that again, a million people. That's a lot of freaking people, you know what I mean? Like, that's not a little bit. So if every church, and we said there's a church on every street corner, well, if every one of them filled up, there wouldn't be room for everybody. I pray that every single one fills up and that God blesses them according to the measure of their faith that they've been given and that they can be trustworthy with more because we have a world that needs Jesus. And it's not about four points. God will choose to use four points, but it's not about us. It's about us. It's about all of us. It's about capital C church, not small C church. It's not about us. And I get sad when I see churches bashing other churches because I'm like, you've missed the point. We love each other because in unity, God chooses to use us. Gracious. Anyway, that's just my little soapbox, and it's really for just me. All right. For one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. Thank God, right? Thank God not everybody talks too much like me. So, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let each use them. According to the grace that God has given you today, Paul's like, check this out. 
You've already renewed your mind. You've already become a transformer now. God's given you grace. He's given you the ability. Use them. Go. He says, for the one that, if prophecy, if this is your gift, so what is prophecy? Is that like the weird guys that lay hands on people and they start falling over and they make like music videos, they all fall down, they all fall down? Like, no, that's not, that's not really what that means. But if you want to watch that, that's cool. That's between you and, whew, crazy. So anyway, this is talking about specifically what I'm doing right now. That word is literally prophet, preacher, is literally the same word, and it's standing up and declaring the truth and hoping that it will resonate with someone and God will change them. Speaking into their life is prophesying. It's not just coming up and saying, you will have a million dollars. I want to prophesy that to you, especially if you'll tithe. So I'm just being honest. Like I'm, I'm praying that God will give me that prophecy. It's never happened yet, right? But, but the truth is, that's every single week. That should be what I do. If, listen... This is the truth. If I'm living in my flesh, in my own self, if I'm trying really hard or trying to say something that's cool, I'm not prophesying. I'm talking. I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal is what 1 Corinthians 13 says because I'm not living in the light. I've received it, but I'm not being it. The way that I am a prophetic pastor is by letting him speak through me. Sometimes that does not happen because I'm flesh. But he says, if, if that's your gift, do it according to the measure of faith that we've been given. Verse 7, if it's serving, if service in our, in our serving, do it, right? If that's what you do, then do it. And, and this is the one that people get caught up in because that literally translates helping or the help. And we think of the movie that I absolutely love, The Help. And we're like, yep, I don't really want to be the help. <laughs> I want to be the prophesier or the one who teaches I would rather be the one that encourages. That's what the word exhortation means. I would rather exhort. I don't want to be the server. And then we get into the habit or the thing that we fall into so often of telling God what we will be. Here's, here's what that reminds me of. This is a small transformer that's used mostly to take ampage down and then send to like homes. I don't think that transformer told the designer of the transformer, you know what? I really want to be a three-phase big honking thing. I'm not happy being that. But that's really what we do to God when we tell him, you've called me to something less. And if no one helps, if no one loves out of the heart of tenderness to help or encourage other people, the loudmouth people, and I'm not sad how I am, by the way. I'm grateful that God made me this way. But I'm not always extremely encouraging in my natural self. <laughs> My wife should be in here because she would have said amen. I'm not always naturally serving. I, I need to do these things. If I'm living in the Spirit, this is how I will live. But some of you were called to do these things, and you should do it. And then you shouldn't think, well, he gets this gift, and I get this gift, and I'm less. It's amazing because we're all part of the body. It is an amazing calling because we're all part of the body. And you can do the other things, but you were called to this thing. And all of you know what your calling is when you're doing it, and it is amazing. When you're doing it, and you're like, I want to do that again. I feel fulfilled when I do that. I'm going to be honest with you. When I'm counseling people, I do not feel fulfilled. I feel like I've walked through mud. I do it because I love people, and I love to try to help, but I'm not really good at it. That's not my calling. That's not my gift in this, but I try to do it because it's part of my job. 
But my giftedness, what God has called me to do, is different than that. And when I'm in the Spirit, that is what God wants me to do. When I'm in my flesh, when I'm saying, God, I'm not going to surrender today and be a transformer, people can tell. People walk home and they're not changing. And it's not about Mark. It's about what God does through Mark. It's not about you. It's about what God does through you. And it's all about what kind of transformer do I want to be or do I just want to be a conformer and just be like this world? When people see me, do they see the light? I need to ask myself that every single day. The one who contributes in generosity, do it. The one who leads, do it with zeal. The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, do these things. Whatever you're called to do, do it. Whatever you're called to do, do it. And this is the thing with, with these verses. We get so caught up in wishing that we were something we, we weren't, that we miss the ability that we all have to contribute to the body. I want you to see what the message translation of the Bible says. Sometimes I read this. I encourage y'all to do it. If you do the one-year Bible or whatever on version, the little Bible app on your phone, you can always look up the message. And I do this all the time. Almost every week that I read and I'm studying and I have the next scripture and next week, if you want to know what I'm going to preach, it's the next three verses of this chapter. And it is one that I'm very excited about that God's been dealing with me since November on. So you can keep reading along with me and know, but I love the message to get kind of a different way. And this is a paraphrase. This is taking like the English standard and and understanding it more. But it's amazing sometimes what it brings out. And in this particular chapter and in verses four through eight, I love it. It says, in this way, we're all various parts of the human body. It's a picture of like transformers and how they work in the power system or all of us part of Christ's body. Watch. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole. This is what I asked myself this week. I have it in my notes that I wrote, and it's not my notes to preach. It's my notes for my personal self. Do I get meaning from us reaching others for the cause of Jesus Christ, or do I get meaning when someone pats me on the back and says, boy"? And the truth is, I want to get meaning from us, but often I get meaning from me. And it's because of my flesh. It's because I want people to say, good job. I want to be known. If I am known, here's what I am. This is what the Bible literally calls me when I'm working on my own. Each part gets meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Because the body we're talking about is Christ's body of of us, of followers of Jesus, of chosen people. Each one of us finds our meaning and functions as part of his body. But here's the deal. As a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? And that's many of us today as we're chopped off fingers or cut off toes because we want so much to be known or to be important. I hear this a lot, just just being honest. I hear this a lot. Pastor Mark, I just don't really feel like I have a part of the body. You don't have a part of the body because you want your part to be the most important part. Not because God doesn't want you to be a part or we don't want you to be a part. Listen carefully. We want all of you to be a part. I'm serious. I would love nothing more than to have to find more small groups because we have so many people going. We have unbelievable small group leaders. We want you to be a part because we want to do life together. So when we feel like throwing our hands up, we can lean on each other. Here's the other part. God has blessed us with a lot of volunteers. And we're blessed, honestly. But there's never enough because I believe those are the jars that we sit out that we can fill. And at the amount of faith that we can be trusted with, God will bless us with. And you have gifts. 
And if you become part of this body or another church, and that's awesome, just be a part. God will begin to bless you, but bless us because you're blessing us and blessing you. It's, it's always working together, always. And I think the reason that people feel helpless is because they never join a body. They always try to do it on their own. Well, here's the deal. If you want to know the importance level, this is what it looks like. Jesus is the head of the body. He said, upon this rock, I stood in the location. It's amazing to see and understand the whole picture. Upon this rock, I will build my church. The most pagan place on the planet during that day, Caesarea Philippi, where pagan worship took place and they did awful, gross things. He took the disciples up there on a two-day journey and said, right here, I want you to see this. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And he pointed at the gates of Hades and said, the gates of hell will not prevail against me. Why? Because I'm the rock that you can build on. And when you feel like you've hit rock bottom and you don't know where to go, thank God for that because the rock at the bottom is Jesus that you can rely on. And he's the head, not a pastor. I'm the under-shepherd given authority under him, but only through him, not through me. And every one of us are fingers and arms and legs and knees and whatever part God has made you in your calling to do, but not more and not less. And we find our fulfillment through that. And when we're right... When we're functioning as transformers and not on my own trying to receive the light but not be the light, when we're right on our own, we realize that we find joy through the body. Not what I do, listen, but what Christ does through me and as a part of us to reach them. They are a powerless people that has transformers all around with a power source that is bigger than any power source ever will be through the Holy Spirit of the Lord Jesus. He is amazingly powerful and we have him and we are transformed and we go out and we each have a function in a different place and we decide, not he decides, we decide if the power will go out. If we don't receive him, if we push him away and say it's all about me today, we're not receiving it because we want to receive the credit. We want to receive the accolades. We want to be known. How many Twitter followers do I have? How many people know my name? And do I really want to change diapers? Like, is it really making a difference? Pastor Mark, like, you're talking good and all, man, but I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't really believe that you believe that that makes the difference just as much as you talking up here, the band playing. I'm going to be honest with you. This is just me to you straight up. That's not what I used to think. That's not what I used to think. I used to think, man, that guy, that one dude, he's the one making all the difference. I want to be like that. I wish God would make me more like him. And I miss the whole point of what God has for me. I miss walking in me and loving being me. Not about this guy or how he looks, but about that God's never made a mistake and he didn't make a mistake with me, that he loves each and every one of you just the way he made you. And he chooses to use the weirdness and the craziness and the loudness or the quietness, the help and the love and the serving in all of us to change the world. He doesn't need a single one of us and it brings him joy to use us to bring everyone to himself. And here's why. Here's how he chooses to do it. If we're by ourselves, we're no good. We're a chopped off toe laying by themselves, but when together. So since we find ourselves fashioned in all these excellently formed, now listen to this, excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, 
You're fixing to say, do it again, so I'm going to warm your vocal cords up because we're going to get ready right here, okay? Because we're all part of Christ's body and we're marvelously formed, excellently functioned, let's go ahead and be what we were made to be. Be what you were made to be. Do it. Get ready to walk out and be what God called you to be. Don't be what God called someone else to be. God does not need another anyone. God called you to be what you are. The reason we're not transformers is because we know that they're transformers and wish we were like them. He doesn't need another them. He says, be what you were called to be. Be what you were made to be. He designed you for this calling without envious or pride. No envy or pride comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something that we aren't. Be you. Be exactly what God called you to be. For so many years, many of you, like me, tried to be what you weren't or were envious because you weren't that. And we'll never love others if we don't love ourselves. And we'll never love ourselves if we don't understand the God that loves us, no matter what we've done this week. I'm not saying there's not consequences to sin. There are. We talked about it last week. You're, you choose not to be a transformer, but the crazy thing is God chooses to love you no matter what, just the same. And he's waiting for you because he's called you to something great. And here's what he's called you to do. If you preach, just preach. <laughs> Don't try to preach like someone else. Preach and preach my word and preach like you were called to preach it. God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Be the help that's fantastic, that's wonderful. If you teach, stick to teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. Somebody needed to hear that. If, you, if you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give aid to people in distress or give financially, keep your eyes open and quick to respond. Keep it right there. If you're called to preach, preach, do it. If you're called to help, do it. If you're called to serve, serve and do it. Love, do all these things. Do it, do it, do it. Stop wishing that you could do something that you can't and do what you're called and you'll be given the ability to do what you wish you could do. But as long as you keep trying to be what you're not and you never step into the calling that you are, you'll always be miserable. You'll always look at people and say, I'm jealous of them because they have. And you'll never be grateful for what God's given you. No one is called less in this room. No one is called more in this room. We are all children of a holy God who made us in his image. And what he wants us to do is do it. Be transformed. And step into what God's called you to be and love the you that God made you and do it. And this is how he ends the chapter. He says, if you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face and do it. Wherever your heart is and whatever God called you to be, do it. Do it again. Say, Pastor Mark, you don't know how far I've fallen. You have no idea what's happened in my life. You don't know how many years it's been since I've walked with Jesus. I'm telling you today, do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far you've fallen. It doesn't matter how far you've gone, do it. God has called you. The difference in my life is I'm not preaching better. I'm doing it. I'm stepping into what God's called me to be. 
I'm not worried about what other people think. I'm not worried about the past and how people judge me. I'm doing it because it's not about you. It's about the God that made you and it's about the body or you'll be a cut off toe or a cut off finger. And this is our calling. Do it. And if you don't feel like it today, do it again. And tomorrow when you feel like you've screwed up so bad today and there's no way God can use me, do it. Because God has called you to be greater than we can ask or imagine and do greater things than even Jesus did. Because it's through the Holy Spirit and through His power, because He can trust you, you can do it. And if you leave with something, I want you to leave with this. I want you to leave with this. You are a transformer. And your calling is to transform into the you that God made you to be. That's your calling on your life. Transform into the you, into the calling, into the you that God made you to be. And here's how you do it. You ready? Everybody pick up a shovel and go out and dig the place that God called you to dig so he can fill us like only he can and we can change the world. But as long as we look at the dirt and say, this is dumb, my job's not as important. I should be the one telling everybody how to dig. I shouldn't be the one digging. We'll never make a difference. We'll never change the world. Because here's what I've learned, y'all. God didn't need them to dig those pools. God could have defeated the Moabites with his hands just like that, and they're all dead. God doesn't need us to be the light. God could choose just like that to say, you're all saved. Or have one man step up that is the most beautifully gifted speaker of all time. Or one woman step up that can speak so well that people just turn. But he chooses to use his body because he's the rock that we built this church on and every church on. And that's you. So here's the call. Do it. Do it. God has called you to something great. And it's no less than any of us in here. Sign up today and start serving. Sign up today for a small group. Together, we will change the world. Or by yourself, you'll always want to throw your hands up and say, I'm just a cut off toe. I'm miserable. I don't know what to do. So guys, there's two things that I want to close with. And I just want you to think through this, okay? First thing is you can't be a part of the body if you've never been baptized into the body. This is what that means. This has nothing to do with water. This has to do with you and your heart, trusting the Lord Jesus as Savior by saying, I believe that you died, and I don't believe in my mind only or in my body only, but in my soul. I trust and I hope and I praise everything about me gives myself to you, making you Lord above me because you died, but you also lived for me. You rose from the dead, and I'm asking you to confess, or excuse me, I'm asking you to forgive you my sins of all that I've done. Forgive me for them, and I give you my life. If you do that, you're part of his body immediately and you can be a transformer. That's what we are. All of us are part of Christ's body. If that's not you, what I want you today is just right where you sit, tell the Lord, I want you to be the Lord of me and I give you my life. Forgive me and thank you for coming into my heart. And that is salvation. It's not about a prayer. It's about your heart to the Lord Jesus. And if you do that, I just want you to check the box so we can follow up with you and give you some things and help you begin your walk in Jesus. And for every one of you that are a Christian, this is the deal you will decide before you leave this house whether you'll be a part of the, the whole or a part on the ground. Whether you'll feel miserable and like you don't match up and you don't mean I just am so frustrated, Pastor Mark. I can't get there. Hey, listen. We love you. We want you a part of this place. 
but wherever you choose to be a part of, it's about Jesus and it's about his church, not this church. And we are honored that you're here, but you can make a difference where you live, work and play at the point that you say, it's not about me, it's about Jesus in me. Let's pray, God, what an honor it is to be called. And it is at the measure that we can accept and trust your faith that you give us more and you trust us with more. And so often we try so hard, God. This is, this is truly Mark Pangle's testimony. I, I looked and tried and looked and tried and believed that if I tried harder and if I did more, we could be as good as or do as much as. And I never realized how disobedient I was being because it's all about walking in faith, walking in obedience. God, my calling on my life is only this, to obey you and to bring you glory. And through that, to bring people to you. It is not about making much of me. Sometimes you choose to make much of men or much of women so that your name can be out and that is the portion that they were called to, but it is not about them, it's about you. Help us realize that it is not about the one, but about the whole and help us be obedient because at the end of our lives, if that's what we can say, I don't know what difference I made, but I believe I was a Barnabas. I believe I was someone that no one knows about, but God used me to lift up and step down and ground and help other people and be a transformer that made a difference. And God, I believe if we are faithful with the little, you'll bless us with the much and more and more. And God, I pray that we're so faithful as a body in unity, loving each other, that we don't know what to do with the people as a result. We trust you, we honor you, and we are so thankful. God, I, our prayer this morning is that we do it, that we walk in our faith, that we walk in our calling and that we give it to you. And as we sing this song, and I love this song, as we sing it right now, help us live out the words and flesh them out and do it. We love you. Amen.